This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Fortress Trump. The mood is darkening inside the Trump campaign. Has the president fallen into a state of deep depression? Losing is never easy. Not for me, it's not. And America on edge. The media's covering up the Biden crime family stealing this election. She spit right at the cop's face. And bleary-eyed TV reporters. I have been standing here for two days. And Gail King's yellow dress. She slept in it all night. Plus, what becomes of the cable news networks now? They're addicted to Trump. With the election over, are big changes in store for the networks? Could this be the birth of Trump TV? Then, just released. Put the knife down now! Body cam video of the cop shooting that led to three nights of looting. And outcry over the rave in the middle of the pandemic surge. Together, breathing all over each other, and the grim milestone. 100,000 new cases were recorded yesterday. Plus, outrage. <laughs> Anne Hathaway's new movie, why so many people are upset about her hands. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. It ain't over yet, and every hour that the presidential election remains undetermined, it's being reported that President Trump is getting more cranky. He's said to be angry at darn near everyone. And as Stephen Fabian reports, for a president that usually doesn't miss a chance to be in front of a camera, Mr. Trump is uncharacteristically quiet. A dark cloud is hanging over the White House today as President Trump sees second-term victory slipping away. The president is down, not feeling all that great, despite the public bluster. Privately, he's conceding that they are seeing this lead start to slip away. One sure sign that he's not his old self, no public appearances since that 2.20 a.m. appearance with Melania. We did hear from the president in all caps tweets, stop the count and stop the fraud. The president has been on the phone. He is still convinced that this is a fraudulent election and that it's being stolen from him. That is what he's telling people. Sam Nunberg is a former Trump strategist. The president is making nonstop calls. He's going to call and criticize the people he's upset with immediately. That'll be on the top of his list. Do you think it has hit Trump, though, that he could lose? It's a possibility? Sure, I think uh, absolutely it has hit Trump that he could lose. He's seen it in Wisconsin. He's seen it in Michigan. You can't overcome uh, vote tallies like that and recount. Across the nation, Trump supporters are venting their disappointment. The Biden crime family stealing this election! This dude crashed a press conference held by election officials in Nevada. 150 loyalists converged on a count center in Arizona, many of them armed. Count down! 
They want every vote counted. But in Detroit, these pro-Trumpers want the counting to stop. In New York last night, a pro-Biden protest turned violent. This truly shocking confrontation is sparking outrage today. A 24-year-old woman was taken into custody after authorities say she spit in a cop's face. There's more backlash today for the pollsters who never expected the election to be such a nail-biter. Completely missing the mark. I mean, this is pathetic. You can't get any worse. Florida, Ohio, you name it, all across the country. One of the few who got it right is Robert Cahaley of the Trafalgar Group. A lot of Trump supporters and conservatives just aren't interested in sharing their opinion at all. So you have to work extra hard just to get a good sample with people who have that opinion because they just don't want to participate in polls. Pollsters don't know The late night comics unleashed on the pollsters. Why did we believe the polls again? Don't trust any industry that calls you on your landline, okay? <laughs> and if you're fatigued waiting to hear who won the election, the people reporting the results are running on fumes. They have been on the air nonstop, and many have figured out some tricks to trying to stay bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Sleep? What is that? Guys like CNN's John King are working on overdrive as they bring viewers round-the-clock election coverage. Now is that big enough is the question. King is, well, king of the big wall. John King is back, fresh as a daisy, tweeted one person. Trump has 213 points. Kids like little Eli are even mimicking him. Biden could win. Nevada and Arizona. The kind folks on social media have noticed that I have been standing here for two days. <laughs> uh, we're political junkies, so the adrenaline keeps you going on such a big story. That, of course, and a lot of coffee and energy bars. That's right. CBS News's Anthony Salvanto <laughs> has also been glued to the big wall. Uh, I, I want to assure everyone I am fine. The coffee here is very good. ABC Nevada News Chief Biden National Affairs Correspondent right Tom Yamas has been right at the map, too. We had about a 40-hour chunk there, uh, sort of one day bled into to another, where I had about two hours of sleep. Then there's Gail King and her canary yellow dress. The CBS <laughs> This Morning anchor wore it on election night, then got a few hours shut-eye, sleeping in the dress on a sofa in the studio. Let me zoom out here and show you the national map for the big picture. MSNBC Steve Kornacki, with his rolled-up sleeves, has been burning the midnight oil. Chrissy Teigen is in awe. I honestly don't know how Steve is still going. I'm about to die, she posted. Kornacki acknowledged all the expressions of concern. I just wanted to say thank you. And they all agree a big thank you goes to the coffee. I think I might be coming up on, on 16 or 17 hours straight at some stretches without, uh, without catching a nap. I want to assure everyone I am fine. And, of course, this election has been gold for the cable news networks. Ratings are up 72 percent from the same time a year ago. And love them or hate them, President Trump has provided plenty of stories to cover. So what is cable news going to do if Mr. Trump, in fact, does lose the White House? Here's Amber Cagliano. For nearly four years, the daily drama of the Trump presidency has kept viewers tuning in to the cable news networks. Now they may face a future without him. They're addicted to Trump. Former MSNBC producer Ariana Picari says without Trump, MSNBC and CNN are likely to see the biggest ratings decline if Trump is defeated. For the past four years, MSNBC's audience has been tuning in to hate watch. 
you know, news about Trump. You know, everything is focused on Trump. Donald Trump has been a cash cow for them. Fox News Channel hosts have always solidly backed the president, but right now President Trump and many of his supporters are furious with the network for calling the state of Arizona early for Biden, while other networks said the race remained too close to call. It made for one of the most dramatic moments of the night as Fox Decision Desk Director Arnon Mishkin came under fire. We're getting a lot of incoming here and we need you to answer some questions. I'm sorry, the president is not going to be able to take over and win enough votes to eliminate that seven-point lead. This morning, Kellyanne Conway appeared on Fox and Friends and criticized the network. Arizona is uh, going the other way. I know you're one of the only places in the world that called it for him. Many of the other networks and uh, anti-Trump papers haven't called it yet. Some believe the president may launch his own rival cable news network, Trump TV, and try to poach Fox stars like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Laura Ingram. One of his advisors and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, met with some bankers to discuss the possibility of raising funds for Trump TV. So I think it's a, a strong possibility. Others say that win or lose, Trump will stay in the public spotlight, giving all three cable news networks plenty to shout about. If you think Trump is going away, this is just a second act. By the way, Fox won the election night ratings war with 14.1 million viewers, far ahead of CNN with 9.4 million and MSNBC with 7.6 million. Now, the delay in vote totals is due to the huge number of mail-in ballots, and each ballot is carefully being counted. But the pace of that count has prompted some to spread some wild conspiracies, including one called Sharpiegate. Less trend on how a number of those theories are being debunked. Conspiracy theories are swirling across social media today. In Arizona, where the race is still too close to call, many Republican ballots were supposedly declared invalid because voters were given Sharpies, like the kind President Trump likes to use, to record their ballots. It's being dubbed Sharpiegate. But today, the Arizona Secretary of State is quashing the rumors as completely false. That is just absolutely not happening. Every ballot that is cast by an eligible voter is going to be counted. It doesn't matter what pen you use. I've spent way more time yesterday talking about markers than I hope to ever <laughs> All Trump. Another widespread conspiracy theory stems from video of Trump ballots in Virginia Beach allegedly being burned. The video retweeted by Eric Trump was first posted by a QAnon account. Trump. But the burned ballots turned out to be samples only. How do we know? They are missing the barcode markings that are on all official ballots. Here in Philadelphia at the convention center, the ballot counting continues for the third day. Outside, loud crowds supporting Joe Biden, supporting Donald Trump have gathered. They are ever mindful of the fact that this state could decide the presidency. Meanwhile, the president is fighting back against the rising numbers for Joe Biden here even charging election fraud. They are still not in compliance. Our votes are being suppressed. We cannot count the votes properly. In Nevada, the Trump campaign put forward 79-year-old Las Vegas resident Jill Stokey, who is partially blind. She says she was turned away when she tried to cast her ballot on election day. I went to vote. It was told I already voted. I pursued the matter. 
and in years past, I always voted in person. This time, they mailed out the ballot, and somebody took my ballot. Personally dealt with Ms. Stoke. She brought her claim to me. We reviewed the ballot, and in our opinion, it's her signature. It's estimated more than 160 million voters, and that is 66.9 percent of the eligible voting population, which means this is the largest turnout since 1900. Other news today, a grim milestone in the war on COVID-19. Confirmed cases in this country passed 100,000 for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic. And with numbers rising, check out this video of an incredible number of people attending a dance party, and you cannot help but wonder, what are they thinking? Pandemic? What pandemic? Video posted on social media shows a massive dance party. You can see people jammed in tight together. Masks are clearly not a top priority. Utah health officials estimate there were as many as 10,000 people at the bash, which took place on Halloween night. We will absolutely see new cases come from this. We are extremely concerned extremely concerned. News of the dance party comes as the U.S. passes a disturbing milestone in the war on COVID-19. More than 100,000 new cases were recorded yesterday. That's the highest single-day figure since the pandemic began. We are disappointed that people made the choice to go to an event when the message has been very clear for months and months now that you shouldn't be going to an event like this, gathering with a large amount of people. We'll be back with more Inside Edition right after this. Next, outrage. <laughs> Anne Hathaway's new movie. Why so many people are upset about her hands. Then, election 2020 pop quiz. Joe Biden's favorite movie. Trump's favorite song. Jill Biden's favorite dessert. Look how beautiful Look that. how sweet. Melania's favorite soda. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. It's the controversial police shooting that led to days of unrest in Philadelphia. Now we're getting our first look at the police body cam footage from the shooting. And we have to warn you, it may be intense for some viewers. What's going on? It's the police body cam footage just released by the Philadelphia Police Department. 27-year-old Walter Wallace Jr. emerges from his house with a knife in hand. Put the knife down now! The officers yell for him to drop the knife 11 times. Put the knife down now! Put the knife down! Put the knife down now! Put the knife down! Put the knife down! Put the knife down! Put it down! Bring it back up! Wallace's mother tries to intervene. Another woman screams that Wallace has mental issues. From both angles, you can see that Wallace rushes toward the officers. They fire their weapons, 14 shots in all. Wallace's distraught mother lashes out. One officer runs to his cruiser to drive the wounded suspect to the hospital. But it was too late. The shooting of 27-year-old Wallace led to rioting and looting in Philadelphia. It was feared the release of the body cam footage could reignite the violence. What we need is the public who view this, who feel passionately about this, to feel just as passionately about protecting this family and honoring the memory of Walter Wallace by not tearing up the city. 
Wallace's family is not asking that the officers be charged. They want better training in non-lethal tactics. They teach you not to wound, they teach you to kill. That's what they train you to do. All you wanted to do was incapacitate him long enough to get him under control. Philadelphia Police Department says they showed the body cam video to the victim's family before they released it to the public. In her new movie, The Witches, Oscar winner Anne Hathaway plays the Grand High Witch who is missing some fingers. And there is backlash from people who say that film equates having a disability with being evil. Jim Murray has more. Anne Hathaway terrifies as an evil sorceress in her new film, The Witches. As part of her transformation, Hathaway's villainous character reveals that hidden under her long gloves are split hands with three fingers. Now the HBO Max film is under fire. Critics say it demonizes split hands, which is a medical condition called ectrodactyly. That really upsets me because I just think we've come so far to get rid of these stigmas. Paralympic swimming champion Claire Cashmore was born without her left forearm. She says people with limb differences fear that the film, which targets a child audience, will empower bullies. As a kid, I was known as Captain Hook and told my, my arm was disgusting and ugly and things like that. I have got tough skin now, but it's the kids that are still going through that bit of a self-discovery journey. The Lucky Finn Project, a group that supports people with limb differences, targeted the film and its star, Anne Hathaway, with this tweet. No witches here, Anne Hathaway. Today, the actress responded, thanking the group for allowing her to post one of their empowering videos, and she apologized. I have recently learned that many people with limb differences, especially children, are in pain because of the portrayal of the Grand High Witch in The Witches. As someone who really believes in inclusivity and really, really detests cruelty, I owe you all an apology for the pain caused. I particularly want to say I'm sorry to kids with limb differences. Now that I know better, I promise I'll do better. Today, there are also calls to boycott the film. The petition, We Are Not Monsters, now has nearly 7,000 signatures. Warner Brothers, the studio that produced the movie, said in a statement that it's deeply saddened to learn people with disabilities are upset, adding it was not their intention to have the characters in the film represent them. Still to come, Election 2020 Pop Quiz. Joe Biden's favorite movie. Trump's favorite song. Joe Biden's favorite dessert. Look how beautiful. Look how sweet. Melania's favorite soda. You know where the presidential candidates stand on the issues, but could you pass a pop culture quiz about their favorite things? By now, you probably know where Joe Biden stands on big issues like the pandemic. But do you know his favorite movie? It's Chariots of Fire, the best picture winner for 1982. President Trump's favorite movie? Can we get like Gone with the Wind back, please? What about Biden's favorite music? It's the Beatles. Trump's more of a Rolling Stones guy, as evident by some of the rock and roll classics played at his rallies. Biden's favorite set of wheels, his beloved 1967 Corvette. 
I love this car. As for Trump, it's got to be the presidential limo known as the Beast. Biden's favorite play? Well, he really liked Hamilton, and why not? The cast raised money for his campaign. As for Jill Biden, she told Rachel Ray her favorite family holiday tradition is making ice cream sundaes. Look how beautiful Look how sweet. And as for the first lady, like her husband, her favorite drink is Diet Coke. And her favorite meal is chicken parm. When we come back, a big birthday surprise for Grandpa. Finally, with all the stress about everything these days, maybe this will give you a smile. Happy birthday! (laughs) This New Jersey grandpa is in for a big surprise on his 80th birthday. He can't believe what his kids have chipped in to give him. It's his dream car, a 1972 Mercedes convertible. Happy birthday, Grandpa. And on that happy note, we thank you for watching. That's Inside Edition. Stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.